Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Point with me, your host, Jeff Spikes. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited. I've had feedback from a handful of people of topics that they'd like to hear on, and I'm really grateful for that. It's um, it's a little humbling to be asked to have a, to speak on a topic that someone really wants to consider some more ideas on and think about more. So I'm, I'm going to do my best to take this to a level of depth of what I understand and what I've experienced and what I've learned through my studies of what self-control is really all about. Now, this also, this does tie into a lot of other things. Self-control has far-reaching um, effect. However, we're, I'm going to keep it really simple and focus on three things. Today, I'm going to talk about self-control as a gauge, self-control in consideration to our behaviors, wanted behaviors, and self-control as a gift. A fun little anecdotal story, um, thinking about elephants and thinking about uh, three people asked me, man, and I I had a podcast where I mentioned self-control and one of the clips talked about self-control and that turned into a couple of people. Uh, three, actually. I think there was more, but there were three specific ones that got my attention and um, said, man, I'd like to hear more about that. So one of them was, did you do a, an entire thing, podcast on self-control? Where is it? I need to hear it. And uh, the other two were, man, I'd love to hear more about that. So I, I don't know that to me. Well, yeah, I do know. I do. That to me is a real blessing. Um it's a blessing anytime that we're doing something we think we're meant to do or, or that benefits, you know, us in our purpose and our mission. And for me, this podcast is about having a place to exercise my voice and um, which sets the tone and um, for my week. And it really allows me to, con- you know, I'm a verbal processor. And it really allows me as a verbal processor to move away from processing and into configuring and communicating what I process. As for, if you're a verbal processor, don't be surprised if you have caught yourself verbally processing in inappropriate environments. You know, when you're meant to be teaching or listening or, or really collaborating or something else, those are not always the times to verbally process. So... As we learn to leverage our strengths and show up with the best of ourselves, uh, and verbal processing is a is a strength, and I've learned to use it as such. So here, this this allows me to um, use my strength and verbally process where I need to, how I need to, to then also move forward and learn to communicate and um, the point. So get to the point and do it quickly. So here I go. So with three people telling me that, there's this there's this anecdotal story I have about um, being told you look like an elephant. And I'm, you know, I, I used to say this is a story I used to use all the time about how to receive feedback. And you know, self control is a little bit related. I'm going to stretch to say it's related because oftentimes we get feedback and we're reactive. We don't like what people are saying to us, or we get upset, or we, you know, like there's reasons to have depending on what the feedback is, to have some kind of a reaction of the feedback. And that is a level of self-control if we want to be who who we want to be. You know, Carl Jung has a lot of quotes out there, but a, a handful of them all say something very similar, 
which is know what you want or the world will tell you what you want. You know, know who you are or the world will tell you who you are, the universe, the what your surroundings and your circumstances will will give you something. You'll and that we talk about that on the show a lot that some if you end up somewhere, it's because you didn't intentionally work to get there. So if you want to intentionally get somewhere, let's get intentional. Right? So self-control plays a role in that. Because if we can exercise self-control, we can move forward. So back to this anecdotal story. If somebody ever tells you that you look like an elephant, blow them off. Because that's ridiculous. Elephants, you know, have feet that are this big around and they have trunks and they're they have really thick gray skin, you know, and anyway, none of those apply. But if two people tell you look like an elephant, it's something to think about. Like, really? What the heck's going on with me, right? Um, number three, third person tells me I'm an elephant, I look like an elephant, or I am an elephant, I'm checking my nose for a trunk. I'm just saying. So have fun with that as you will. Um, three people have asked me to do this podcast and on self-control and that's what I'm doing. So here's what we're going to focus on today. This is what you can expect to get. And this is what I hope you take away and um, use to benefit you in your life um, or reach out to me with questions on or whatever so we can have more collaboration. But number one, self-control as a gauge. Number two is self-control as it relates to our behavior. So the, the typical things we think about with self-control when we behave one way or the other and we have a difficult time choosing or, or showing up in the way that we would like to. Um, and another, and, and behavior also covers, you know, can I keep myself from eating sugar one day? Or if I do a fast, do I have the ability to self-control and not eat for the day um, and live up to the commitment I made to do a fast? Um, <clears throat> the next is uh, self-control as a gift. So, the gauge is, of course, a measurement. The behavior is kind of how we, about the struggle and the fight in, in the way I'm making this analogy. And the struggle and the fight, you know, you, you might have heard before, man, the struggle is real. <laughs> and that may be true. Uh, the struggle, I've said that before, the struggle is real. And what if that's not true? The struggle is real in how I've decided to do it. But that, that a lot, and a lot of that has to do with our behaviors. So if we're fighting our behaviors and lacking self-control, we're not at a place of choice, then that's a thing. The other side of self-control as a gift is it becomes a value. So it's about values. And that's what we're going to talk about, right? We're going we're gonna to make a difference. And at the end of this, I maybe should have given this to you up front, but if you stuck around by now, you're going to get a heck of a gift because... One of the things that this is going to help you do is move closer to demonstrating a really strong level of self-control. And if you're not able to, it's going to give you an understanding of what you can do to find it because it is something you can manage and do. So here we go. Self-control as a gauge. In the Bible, and, I, and let me clarify that I'm not turning this into a Bible study or making this a religious commentary. This is about using the Bible, and I typically, if I open the Bible in references, it's usually the NIV, but oftentimes it'll just be online. But if we look up the Bible, if we just do a Google search on fruits of the Spirit, you will find that there's seven of them, and one of them is self-control. And for the purpose of illustration or of discussion, 
Um, one of the things I was taught about that part of the Bible and about how itself about the fruits of the Spirit is that there are a lot of things about it, but one of the things that stood out to me in how I was taught, so again, we're not discussing the validity, we're not discussing anything about anything biblical, we're saying I was taught about the fruits of the Spirit in the Bible is that it's one way to gauge how close connected we are spiritually. So to me, that means a lot of things, and to and everyone has a right in my opinion, to have their own conception and understanding of what these things are for themselves. They, and not, again, we're not arguing the validity of anything. I'm saying everyone has the freedom and the right to develop their own relationship to the information about spirit and spirituality and all those things. Whether that, whether that uh, expression or experience is on anywhere of the scale of being disconnected or connected to it, everyone has the right to create their, to ha- and have and maintain their own relationship to all that information. So back to the point of self-control. As a gauge, it's one way that we can know how connected we are. Now, if we are not within self-control, one of the symptoms of that is that we don't have the choice. So if I have a problem that I can't stop eating a certain food that I'm just really, maybe it's uh, sodas. I haven't had a, a traditional soda in ages, but maybe we're having a difficult time saying no to drinking a soda. And we consistently are stopping at a convenience store or we have cases of it at home and we're always doing that and we just can't stop and we feel like we have no self-control. Maybe it's smoking. Maybe it's not self-control to not do something that's good for us. Whatever that is, what is happening is that we are distanced from our ability to make a decision and do it, which is not feeling like we have a choice. So how far away from we are choice, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. There are, there are, doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists that have said um, that our ability to choose and when when we're coming out of a difficulty, um, especially some type of an, an addiction or something else, um, there's a there's some type of a, a leveling point there that says, um, there's a physical issue and a mental issue that goes on when we're feeling um, obsessed and compulsive. So when we have that going on, there's something physical, a craving or an urge or something else that we just have to have that. Um, I, I, like I've, I've talked before about smoking and what, how that affected me. Um, or um, so we have that physical, and then we have this mental, you know, man, I need to get to, you know, all the thoughts that come with that. Um, those are two issues that can be addressed. Well, some will say, and some professionals, doctors and, and psychiatrists and others will say that the, our ability to choose and how far away from our ability to choose we get is directly related to how much we may want to consider more of a spiritual answer as well. So that brings in that third piece of the, the situation of self-control. If we're far enough away from it, we might want to, you know, that the, the more far, the further we are away from 
a feeling of being able to make a choice. The more we may want to consider it a, a spirit thing. So that's where I make the claim where I believe and where I've experienced that I can use my feelings and my experiences with my ability to control um, different decisions, my, my self-control, as a gauge as to how well-connected I am and how in flow I am or how disconnected I am. I also might gauge it as far as how adapted I'm, I'm behaving versus how authentic I'm behaving. <laughs> with trauma histories and um, a, a handful of other things. It's it's simple for all of us. It's not just about trauma histories to show up adapted. I teach a course that, um, or, and I do speaking engagements, and the title of it is "We Are Not Our Strategies," right? Because oftentimes we think that we, that everyone around us is they are who they are, and we're judging them by their behavior or by how they're dealing with us in that moment. Well. If we are not, if they're just showing up with a strategy, or if I'm just showing up, or you are showing up with a strategy, it's not really who you are. It's something you were learned that you learned, or you were taught by someone else with different strengths and wired differently. That this is how you do this to make it work. Simplest, easiest, maybe even laziest way to talk about that is raising our voice. We, we might get more done if we raise our voice. Well, that's not always true, and it's typically not true. And then our, the perception of us, the perception of me or the perception of you when you're raising your voice can be considered differently. There's self-control as a gauge. We want to kind of sit back and review and think about how much self-control do I have. Now, we can get into an, another podcast. We, can go, we could go many, many sessions into stuff like this, right? Because... Now there's self-control of our thoughts, self-control of our words. All of these things are critical. I personally think that the most intense and important place that we can practice self-control is in those two areas, our thoughts and our words. The ability to practice self-control on a physical plane can be fleeting and momentary, but these are long-lasting. So, um, And the practicing our behaviors on the ground can also, you know, in, in real life with cake or with other things that we might really enjoy and practice self-control in taking something we really like and just enjoying it, not overdoing it. And managing our thoughts that allow ourselves to have the joy. And I ate a piece of chocolate tort the other night with us. I, what I think was the best vanilla ice cream on top with some berries. And I think it was... And I, I didn't eat the whole thing. I had I had so much joy around it, and it was just delightful. I hadn't had anything quite like it ever before, and I don't know if I ever will again. There's a little place in, called Veritas in uh, Chesterfield, uh, Missouri, outside of St. Louis. And it's just a family-owned, beautiful, quaint uh, restaurant. And they had a seafood boil going on, and um, I got... Uh, I forget what else I had. That seafood boil was amazing. And um, oh, on Wednesday nights is the only night they do burgers. And I could have gone to town and had a hamburger and done all these things. But I got some part of this. I got some seafood boil. I got part. I had part of a burger to taste it. And I had some good protein that that was what I wanted to eat because that's where I was at on my plan. And then they shared with us this idea of this tort. They brought it with a French press of uh, amazing coffee. And I just had a, an intense amount of joy. 
there, there could have been a day when self-control was difficult where I would have abandoned the gym. Ah, I said the heck with it. I might as well eat however I want to the rest of this, you know, travel journey or whatever. And that doesn't have to happen, right? Because I was able to level set. I use that as an opportunity to say, okay, I'm doing pretty well on self-control today. And then we can move later to the gift of where we have gratitude. And we think about how amazing life is. And we learn to use that to visualize and use those experiences to then carry them forward and visualize. So, okay, that's one thing. Now let's get into behavior. So that's using it as a gauge. When we move into using it as a behavior or, or discussing self-control as a behavior, now we're back on the ground a little bit and talking about the fight, the struggle, and the ebb and the flow to it, right? So... Self-control can be, is something we can practice. And when we're talking about using the best of ourselves, it can be pretty amazing. Um, when we're looking at using our strengths and moving forward in that way, um, self, you know, self-control can become a testing ground, basically, right? We can literally use things that, like a tort, a chocolate tort, to test our ability to make a choice of what we're going to do. And if we start shifting our energies towards thinking about experimenting with what with what our behaviors are, what we do versus what we want, we can find ways to live and behaviors and things that we can do that can really help us round off and balance off life in general and decisions we make and probably have a much more fulfilling life and have a little have a little less if not a lot less imagine it could be maybe even none of these extreme thoughts of all or nothing right so we may not have a well-balanced amazing easy smooth life all the time we may not have that balanced easy smooth life every day But when we begin to experiment with self-control, putting ourselves in situations to manage and to control and release and let go, right? Because self-control isn't all about gripping tight. That's where the fight is. Self-control is oftentimes about learning to release. If we're always at choice, consider this. No matter where you are right now, if you're hearing this, even if it's in one ear and you're at the grocery store and you can barely hear me, this is a good time to stop. Maybe you're at the gym and you've got full on, you're full on listening. You're on a treadmill, whatever. Just take a second. You don't have to stop walking on the treadmill or running or whatever you're doing. If you're driving, just take a second to really consider. Consider what release of something we want to grip really feels like. Consider what the idea of self-control as being in flow and not controlling everything. Right? Can just just take a second with that. Now, if self-control is about being in a flow state, and if self-control is about knowing exactly when to release and when to grip, 
then there's much less fight and much less struggle. So experimenting with self-control, imagine, imagine something you've taken off the plate for yourself out of a punishment or out of a reason that there's a, it's, it, it's just something you just can't do anymore ever again. And I'm not talking about harmful behaviors. If there's a lot of issues with opiates and other things, we're not going down that road of, Oh, let go ahead and try and practice self-control with an opiate. I don't want to even go down that road. We are all safe and happy and healthy and we are not we're not having issues and problems there, right? We are we are in full health and wellness with these things. So we're not talking about experimenting with that. But it, let's say that that's an issue. Let's say that you're having an issue with opiates. That that's a challenge for you. You keep going back and forth with opiates of some ways. It happens to anybody. It could happen to. And. <clears throat> We're not going to go down that road either. This isn't going to. This is not meant to become just about that. But think about this: if you want to come back from having a problem where you're feeling these things of a lack of choice, and it's about behavior, and you're really fighting, instead of fighting about whether or not you want to take an opiate, use it over something else and practice something you really love, and move back and forth with practicing different ways of moving towards practicing self-control with other things that are just as, in your mind, attractive. Because a lot of things that we fight with, if we don't know how to do it in good with, with all levels of things, then we're really going to lose it when it's something that can be super harmful. So when I'm talking about practicing, I'm talking about practicing with things that aren't super harmful. Now, I said that about opiates. What if opiates aren't the issue? What if the, you have some type of other issue in your body and sugar is truly the enemy. I know people that if they eat sugar, they're in pain for three days for, for whatever reason. So we are we don't practice, right? We don't practice with things that harm us. We practice with something that would help us. So or that would have limited harm, maybe you know, caffeine or something else. But it's about experimentation. Now I'm going in a circle in a loop, kind of to really to help frame and make sure that we're all staying on the same page because I get concerned sometimes that when I'm talking to people, anyone that's a client of mine knows that we're working on this highest level of goal and we're really focused on what we want. And we're really looking at developing that toward motivation, that idea of what we want to have in our lives. And we have enough of the away motivation, right? But in self-control, we can also help affect and build those two sides of motivation. Because we might say, I don't want to get healthy and lose a bunch of weight to never be able to eat a chocolate tort again or never be able to have a glass of wine or whatever that is. Now, that's off the table if your issue is with, if your self-control problem is with alcohol, is probably take that off the plate for a little while while you play around with other things that aren't going to give you problems. Hear what I'm saying? It's important, right? It's important to pick the right things we're going to experiment with. So you, our behaviors is to learn to stop the struggle and begin to practice ways of changing our behavior and sticking to our guns of our decisions and staying at choice 
And we might say, why would I go to that fancy restaurant and not have a dessert? I want to enjoy a dessert anytime I go to a restaurant of that level. That may be true. But what if we went to that restaurant, didn't have the dessert, just to experience what it feels like to not have the dessert? I do fast sometimes, and I do fast for I do a couple of different types of fast for a couple of different reasons. And one of the reasons is to test my self-control. It's to play with it. Use behaviors around what that looks like and how my thoughts and words are coming out fit that. So we're going to move on to the gift, and I'm going to close out here on this show. And if you guys want to hear more about these things or go deeper into any part of it or take it in another tangent, there's a lot of other tangents we could go in. Uh, I'm perfectly willing to do that. But now we start thinking where I'd like to take this is is self-control as a gift. Once you've practiced, and maybe you can just get there, what if we could just know we're really good at doing all the things we need to do? And what if we just received and accepted the gift of self-control and that connectedness to the universe and our purpose in it and how we connect to ourselves and others and we practice the self-control to release and get rid of the negative thinking or the anything else that's happening that would keep us separate from that and we visualize we actually set the time every day to sit and visualize the way of being and that sense and feeling and emotion of being at flow and being in full embodiment of self-control, knowing exactly when to release and let go and stay at choice and when to hold on and keep something close and sacred very important in using our strengths. I I believe this has been developed more than any time before doing two things, and that's focusing on my strengths because it takes a great deal of self-control to manage the best of you. Like it takes a very steady hand to use a scalpel in a delicate surgery or do really minute surgery. Like that small where you need a a microscope to get in there. It's really important when it comes to using our strengths. It just naturally kind of flows there. And also in my physical well-being, as far as maintaining physical activity and maintaining nutrition. Those are the areas where my ability to to learn and experience things about self-control is probably where it is the best. Now, that being said, I've had issues and problems and challenges with uh, compulsive behaviors as well from when I was young. And maybe I got my start in learning how to move away from those things. But where I really honed the skill, like self-control to stop doing something, I could do with a hammer pretty easily. I could just yell at myself like a drill instructor and be done. And I have a great deal of, of self-discipline in that way. I'm just grip on to an idea. I can use my ability to develop a belief about something. And then I will just, that's it. I can do it really well. And it looks like discipline and it looks like self-control. But it's really a different type of control, right? It's really more of a gripped, tight, controlling, forced fight and which can become exhausting, but 
we're talking about this gift. Self-control as a gift. What if we just breathe in and accepted that everything we need is within us and that we already know what's best for us and that we naturally flow towards those decisions. Making, just taking the time and using the our time to develop the largest possible vision of ourselves and envisioning what that looks like, that feels like, and if we don't know what it feels like going out and trying to learn what it feels like by putting ourselves in new situations, man, when we do these things and we really spend this time, then we can really sink into the idea that self-control is part of our way of being. It's just part of our way of being. We flip to the other side and we get bogged down with this idea where we're fighting again. And it's like all the thoughts that keep bringing me back to the idea that maybe I should be able to do this, that I, you know, man, why can't I still do that? You know, a, a, a person with a broken leg that wants to run down the court and play basketball. Stop. <laughs> you can't, you keep doing it. You're going to hurt your leg. You're never going to play basketball again. Kind of thing. Stopping. So I, I, I really think about this idea of hearing when we want to fight and breathing into the idea that it's a gift. The more we can envision the gift, the better. Now, <clears throat> talking about having that highest level of thought and belief and understanding of what we want, because in that we can then easily find the values we have, what we're valuing in that, and we know what values we want to portray, and we know how those values are affecting us moving forward. So, and those values can guide our decisions, which help us feel more self-control. And at some point, this all comes full circle and does this. What if we could have all of this happen that fast? When we have self-control happen that fast, <clears throat> when we suddenly just are in that place where we realize we're not struggling anymore with certain things, we're looking, we can see it as a gift and that can anchor and, and really cause us to find more opportunities to be a choice because it laterally moves to all these other areas of life. It laterally moves to all other areas of life. <clears throat> we can pull and take lessons from how we've managed to feel that feeling and that self-control and look at that as a gift and find the gratitude and all of the emotional states it takes to anchor it as a way of being so that it's something we have an expertise in. So self-control, you have the opportunity to move whatever state you are in with an understanding of self-control. Evaluate it. <clears throat> really look at it as a gauge of how close you are to being connected to that flow state. Look at the behaviors and we can very quickly move into where it's a gift of knowing that we already have it. So that's my take on self-control. If you want to discuss self-control on a deeper level, if you want to do some, some individual work 
on managing self-control, you know, you know how to find me if you're on this podcast. And I, I feel confident about that. So, um, I look forward to hearing from you more and I will see you guys on the next show. Thank you for joining us for another amazing episode of The Point with me, Jeff Spikes. The greatest compliment you could give me is liking, loving, and sharing this episode with all your friends. So please, if you're on Spotify, iHeart, or iTunes, leave a five-star rating and review. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Make sure to tag me. I love hearing from you, the listeners of this show. The links for all my social and iTunes are in the show notes. Also, if you'd like to engage with me, anything related to my coaching, consulting, speaking, or programs, please visit jeffspikes.com for everything you would need to know to engage with me offline. And lastly, thank you for your time, your attention, and your consideration. This is The Point.